Steven, how you doing? Great, James. You? Good, good. All righty. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'll start that over. Uh, Steven, how's it going? You know, it's funny you ask me that, how's it going? Because I was... Uh, you know, it's a rhetorical question. No, I know. That's it. exactly why I'm saying it's funny. Because I, w- I was reading this Quora question. The person who wrote it said, I've observed that Americans don't have friendships the way that many other people in other parts of the world do. Okay, do you know what nationality that person was? Um, it, it was a European person. It was a Western European person. That's all I remember. Because I will tell Maybe you... Maybe Scandinavian, I'm not sure. One time I had a roommate who was from Western Europe, and he said that in his country, when someone's friends, they're like friends for life. It's like they'll exchange blood or whatever. And then in America, people say, oh man, you're my best friend. I love you for life. And then you never talk to them again. Well, yeah. And the reason I thought of this is when you said, hey, how you doing? Now, you and I happen to be, I would say we're real friends. Yeah. Right? I hope so. I mean, we've known each other a long time. And so when you ask me how you doing, if I'm really down, I would tell you. Yeah. But the point that this person was making is that in America, at least, everybody asks everybody all the time, hey, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm great. Right. So, so, but you can argue that those are chunks of language as opposed to legitimate questions. That is exactly what I would have argued, too. Chunks of language is a really nice way to put it. But this person was using that kind of facile, hey, how you doing? I'm great. How you doing? Fine, thanks. When, A, you don't even know the other person well, and B, things may not be fine, as an indicator of the fact that Americans are facile with their language in a way that kind of not precludes necessarily friendship of the kind of deep sort, but that uh, masks um, the need necessarily to have it. But now that I say that, I realize that in the last few years, I've started to do the opposite. Like my dad, who died when I was a kid, but I really liked him a lot. I mean, I know that may sound obvious, but I really, my dad was like a really nice guy who liked other people and liked to be nice to and help other people. He wasn't really able to do that much because he was ill and, and he died when I was a kid, like I said. But he was big on like chatting with people and he had all these sayings like, you know, yeah, give everyone a smile when you see them because it costs you nothing and it might actually help their day, whatever. whatever. He was just kind of very sunny like that, except for his manic depression, which contributed to killing him. But my point is this. My father was that kind of chatty guy that as a kid I was always embarrassed by. But now that I've become dad age, I am chatty in that same way that my kids are now embarrassed by. And so if we're in a store or a restaurant and, you know, let's say we sit in a restaurant. And let's say the server comes up and says, hey, how are you guys doing? I will always say, you know, pretty good, thanks. And how about you? Or I sometimes will even initiate that conversation now. A lot of times when I see someone, I'll say, hey, how's your day been? That's kind of my thing. And if they say something like, you know, okay, I'll say, what makes it only okay? Why is it not good? And I find that people react to that with almost a startled, like you really, like, and I don't think they even like it. You'd think they might like you inviting them to hear their issues, but I I think it's an invasion. I bet you, I don't know. I think if they express anything other than the normal chunk, as we call it, I think they do appreciate it. In fact, I think it's actually a very healthy practice to, let's say, try to engage a little more than the average person, kind of to take yourself out of the normal uses of language. I, I find for me, at least, if I'm connecting with more people during the day, I feel better about it. 
We'll have more to say about this question of the day in just a minute. But first, we have to take a short break. Building a website can be tough. And even if you do know your way around coding, creating something that looks good and works well is a time-consuming affair. Whether it's for a business site, portfolio, or whatever else, in this day and age, you probably need one anyway. Luckily, Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. Squarespace provides simple, powerful, and beautiful websites that look professionally designed, regardless of skill level, no coding required. Not only does Squarespace provide you with intuitive and easy-to-use tools to create your website with, Squarespace also has state-of-the-art technology powering your site to ensure security and stability. Seriously, you can't beat the ease and simplicity of Squarespace. Squarespace gives you 24-7 online support and a beautiful website for only $8 a month. You can even get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for the year. Start your trial and build your website today with no credit card required. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to enter our offer code, which is the word QUESTION, to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for Question of the Day. We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, build it beautiful. So getting back to the original question of the day about friendship in American friendship versus friendship in other countries, I, I don't know if I know enough to have any kind of good answer. To that. I, I know I don't know enough to have a good answer to it, but I tend to think that there's a lot in it. I tend to think that friendships in other countries that I've been at least and people from, that I know from other countries that I've known for a long time, I think friendship is really a different kind of currency. I think it's like as the dollar is very different from the euro and the shekel, et cetera, et cetera, I think American friendship is, is quite different. Okay, so let me ask you a question. If right now you ran into somebody you went to elementary school with, so first through sixth grade, you ran into them and you haven't seen them since sixth grade, um, but you were friends with them then, you would you would probably be like, hey, how's it going? Like, oh, yeah. you're, you'd still be friends with them. So I think in other countries— I this think, is the uh, mobility argument. Yeah, they're more likely to know. Because they don't stray as far as we do. Right, like we all stray. Like all, my whole family is all over the country. It's not like we ever see each other or anything. All right, but here's the question. I don't know if there's research on this. I'm guessing there is, but I've never seen it. Uh, if we had the best empirical research that were available, do you think that American friendship would be empirically um, and categorically let's say, the implication of this question was shallower than friendships in other countries? Uh, I would say yes, but I don't necessarily say that's a bad thing. Right. Because, you know, there is there is a couple studies. One is, and this has nothing to do with friendship, but it's related. So if you're looking for a job, do you go to your strong ties, like the people you're right. good friends with, or do you go to your weak ties, like people you vaguely know? So the study shows that your weak ties are more likely to help you find a job than your strong ties. So having shallow friendships, like lots of them, might not necessarily be a horrible thing. Um, and also related to that, building let's say, professional relationships on weak ties would connote that theoretically there's going to be less nepotism and corruption, et cetera, et cetera, yes? If you're less dependent on strong ties. And then there's another study completely unrelated to that one. I don't know if you've read Dan Buettner's Blue Zones. So he studies every area of the world. Like These are cities like Okinawa, one city in Greece, one city somewhere else, where there's an abnormally large amount of 
disability-free centenarians, people who live to be over 100. And blue refers to what? I don't know Hair why. Color? Yeah, I don't know why he called it blue zones. Okay. Um, but he shows there that all of them kind of get together every day with their people who are their friends for the past 80 years. Mm. So, and there's only like one blue zone in the United States. And, uh, and it's right here in this <laughs> recording studio. He, uh, well, he, the, the author told me that New York City is close to a blue zone because there's so much walking. I think he mentioned um, Yorba Linda, California was the only actual blue zone in the United States because it's made up of mostly Seventh-day Adventists. And what they do is they take off one day a week to spend the day in nature. And uh, and they're all close as friends and everything. So uh, uh, somehow it's that walking and staying in nature and having friends and laughing, that's actually important. Um, so, so the fact that there isn't a lot of, you know, blue zones in the U.S. could suggest that it's not so good that we kind of have shallow friendships. So one study suggests one thing, another study suggests another thing. I like the fact that New York is, you know, bluish. So, yes. uh, and, you know, you and I, James, have known each other 12? 13, 13 years. 13 years. Almost 13 And it's years. funny because I think of you as an old friend. Yeah. But I'm going to reframe my vision of our friendship, and I'm going to think of you now as a kind of newish friend, knowing that... The goal is to stay friends for another 40, 50 years so that right. we will have our own little blue zone here, here, by then. Here's the question. So, like, if I was having a problem with something, would I pick up the phone? And I thought that you had the answer. Would I pick up the phone and probably call you? Probably I would. I mean, I've called you in the past when I've had questions about stuff. Mm -hmm. So, uh, whereas that, that's kind of like my baseline for where friendship is. If I feel comfortable calling them and I'm not like going to bother them. I like to think of a sp particular, like what kind of problem are you talking about? Like you killed like, someone kind well, of problem? no, then I'd probably call my lawyer <laughs> who's not really my friend. But um, if I had a question about writing or if I had a question yeah. about, I don't know. How to end a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Next time we'll pick another question hear a little bit of that conversation in a minute. But first, this episode was brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code QUESTION at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Question of the Day. Please join us for the next one. Here's what we have lined up. By the way, I just want to mention, you just crushed me in backhand, and I'm very upset about it. The pressing, you know why it's depressing to you, is because, not just because you lost the recent ones, because you were plainly much better than me when we began. That's just like sort of the story of my life. Like, I sort of realized that everybody, when they work hard, gets better than me. Question of the Day is produced and mixed by David Herman with Allison Hockenberry and Greta Cohn.